This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Angel Garza, superstar from WWE, and you are listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, to the most fresh news of the wrestling. So keep listening, and just remember one thing, El Latino está en la casa, baby. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast episode. But if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 231. My name is Nick Howell. And overjoyed to congratulate our new U.S. champ, Carl Weathers. I am Sir Ian Dangerous. <laughs> and welcome to the Busted Wide Open. What? It's not Carl. Apollo Crews. Apollo right. Crews. I'm so sorry. I, I, I got him mixed up. Apollo Crews, not Creed. My <laughs> My bad. My bad. I must break him. Welcome to Busted Wide Open. That's right, the uh, show where you can come and find out everything that happened over the last few days in the graphs and the sports entertainments. We're talking today about Monday Night Raw, and as you may have just guessed, yes, some things some things went down this week on Monday Night Raw. It was actually a pretty exciting episode, and we also got the debut of the new kind of crowd that we're going to see in WWE, which we will be spending some time talking about because... I, I thought you were going to say the debut of BWO Daily. BWO Daily? Why, Nick, what's that? Why, BWO Daily is our new daily show that we're doing Monday through Friday now, every what? single day, trying to hit around 5 p.m. Eastern, but we're going to have news segments Basically, it's a new way to deliver the other news lightning rounds to you in bite-sized daily segments. Mm, so there you go, delicious. guys. Launched this week, two episodes in. Hope you guys are enjoying it. That's yeah, for check sure. it out yeah. on the old YouTubes the where we'll be having you. those. The tubes of you. Get your daily hey. news fix right here from Busted Wide Open. What a yes. concept, Nick. Right. What a we concept. Have, we have a YouTube channel, Ian. We have a YouTube channel. We have a lot of things, Nick. Why don't you run down all the things that we have? I will. We have a Facebook discussion yes. group that a lot of people, we know there's thousands of you out there listening, but there's only about 500 or so people in the group. Come in the group, guys. We've been saying this for years. There's one other thing I wanted to do today, Ian. Before I do the housekeeping, I have to do oh, something yeah. kind of special real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, last week marked the three-year anniversary of Busted Wide Open. Was it last week? I had to go look again. I thought it was the end of the month, like May 31st. It was I thought actually, so, too. Yeah. It was actually May 18th. Oh, crap. <laughs> so Whoops. we missed it. We didn't even celebrate. So happy anniversary! 
we're Plus guys. We're, we're not remember anniversary dangerous. dates. It's, sorry, sorry. I, I know. That's we're we're both guys. We forget dates. Yeah, we right? don't know anniversary dates. It's just not <laughs> in our DNA. Terrible <sighs> stereotype. I'm sure there are plenty of wonderful boyfriends and husbands out there that remember their dates. And more power to you, gentlemen. More power to you. Teach (laughs) me your Jedi ways. (laughs) But happy anniversary. We have lots of plans going into year four. BWO Daily was one of those. Uh, More shows, more content, more often is really the MO. Uh, Bigger Patreon tiers, all kinds of good expansion there. We'll get more into that uh, as we go forward here and get towards the end of the month over the next week or so. There's lots of things including an all-new merch store update. Hello! Hello! Hello. Lots of that coming over the next week or so. But yes, come join us in Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed right here to the YouTube channel because we are doing daily content now that is exclusive Available exclusively available on YouTube. Yes. Uh, and last but certainly not least, thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, if, if you'd like to get in on some of those exclusives as well, it is the best way to support the show outside of just your word of wonderful word of mouth and mm. telling everyone how amazing we are. But if you'd like to throw some of your hard-earned cash at us every single month, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those reward tiers to get access to things like show notes, more content, additional bonus episodes, hell, the ability to have a Skype call with myself and Surrey and Dangerous once a month is a lot of fun, too. So mm. patreon.com slash BWO is the way to do that. But, Ian, a lot happened last night uh, that changed things quite a bit. We covered some, some of this. Shiftesses. Some shiftesses on the show. Yeah, we covered some of this. Before we get to that, we have a super chat over here we got to hit real quick. Uh, Kyle threw us four ninety nine. Thank you very much, Mr. Thank Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you very much, and thank you to everyone who does that throughout the show. He says, all those years of watching DX Hawk merch finally paid off for you guys. <laughs> Love the daily show. Uh, thank you. Yes. I, uh, speaking speaking of which, yes. if you're not down with that, we got, no, no, I'm just kidding. Merch coming for you soon. Look, merch, we got stickers, we got t-shirts, we got all kinds of stuff coming through. And hawk, 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 hawk. Yeah. Bye, 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 bye. It's coming. We're, we're, it's, it's ramping up for the new season of Busted Wide Open year what is it? Year four now? We're going into year four. Yeah. So year it's, four. We've been doing all this coming. for three years. Over two hundred and fifty episodes. Probably more closer to three hundred if you include the include the bonuses from Patreon. So My it's Lord. been an amazing ride with you, sir. And I can't wait to do three more with you. So let's. My man. Let's do it and just, let's kick off just today. Three more? Just. Oh. As many more as happen. I know what you're saying. Go for, for eternity. It. Forever. <laughs> for Eternia. Kind of like how long it's taken me to get this over to Monday Night Raw. Well, this week on Monday Night Raw, looky, looky, it's a different looky for Monday Night Raw. We've got a crowd back this week. Sort of. Uh, they had erected plexiglass over the tops of the barricades, going all the way around the ring area, behind the commentary, and up the ramp. And behind said plexiglass, it looked like a, like a mutant hockey arena. You had a whole bunch of properly socially distanced uh, kids from the Performance Center and NXT stars. You might have uh, recognized quite a few of them. One of the first people we saw, and I didn't really see her again, but... One of the first people they got a good shot of was Simone Johnson, daughter of The Rock himself. 
uh, out there in the crowd. Other people that we recognize, I saw Caden Carter out there. Shotzi Blackheart was impossible to miss for the, pretty much the entire show. Right. Uh, Rick Boogs was hiding <gasps> over on one side. Aaliyah, he's, he's, he's alive. He's really there. He's still around. Uh, Aaliyah was there. Ooh. Zaya Lee, Cal Bloom, Daniel Vidot, Santana Garrett. Uh, Marina Shafir was over on the side wearing a, wearing a cute hat along with that other uh, <laughs> MMA chick they have in NXT whose name we don't mention. Malcolm Bivens was there throwing out some haterade for the entire show. Uh, and Dexter Loomis was there out of kayfabe, out of character, which I thought was bizarre. Like, there's not really a big program going for, for a few of the other women like Zia Lee, Aaliyah, Caden Carter, and, and, and Shotzi, but he's in a major angle. And he was there without not being in character. That was really, that was strange. It was very strange. Um, and yeah, throughout the entire show, they, st- they were standing there, no, no chairs, standing, uh, obviously spaced out as much as they could for most of the show. There was some movement. And then, you know, applauding and cheering throughout the show. Yeah. So this has been something that AEW, and we can't really talk about it without talking about it in the context of AEW because AEW has been experimenting with crowds for the last few weeks, and they've done some different takes on how to do it. This is WWE's take. How would you compare what you saw on this show, the three hours of WWE's first experiment with crowds or with some, like some crowd noise? How do you think that worked out? How did, how did it look to you? Lots to say here, so bear with me. Uh, this is um, the first, opening segment. First and foremost, uh, Abraham Castillo with the $3 Super Chat says, please don't say erected during this episode. Did I? I already I said did. it, did I'm sorry. Shit. Oh, damn. No, you said they erected plexiglass. You just said it again. I, you okay. said it again. Why are, why are you saying erected? Oh, I've said it now. God damn it. Sorry. Sorry, Abraham. Um, I, I want to I fashion this in the way that uh, mainly how I did in Discord. We were having a big dispute back and forth about it in Discord. There was a lot of judgment towards the plexiglass, the energy or lack thereof of the superstars that were in the audience, uh, and they seemed to have less to do, and they might as well have been noisemakers just sitting there making noise because what AEW has masterfully done is split the heels into and the faces, have actual camera shots on them, and have them interacting with one another, going all the way back to MJF and Sean Spears betting. Uh, various antics, Pineapple Pete, born out of a side spot where Lance Archer just randomly knocked him out. Jericho started calling out him and out Jericho called Right, so uh, Plexiglass gave an interesting look to that shot up the ramp. It was almost like a mirrored funhouse kind of effect in a way, <laughs> which was kind bit. of cool. Yeah. But after a while, that even after the second entrance, that wore off. So I'm concerned about the plexiglass. I'm concerned about the people that they've chosen. Even energetic little Caden Carter, most of the time, was seen sitting there just. Shotzi even was kind of the like. There were some people that that maintained some energy, and there was parts where there was more energy than others. But then there was a lot of it. It did give the impression, I'm not saying this is what happened, but it gave the impression that they had all been given a list of rules of things you can and can't do, and they were all trying to think of what those were instead of just yep. living in the moment, whereas yep. in AEW, it was just go for it. Um, you know, when I think of the AEW crowds, I think of Austin, Austin Gunn and Billy Gunn, and those guys are so goddamn energetic the entire, t- the entire show. 
that they make Mojo Raleigh look like Orange Cassidy. Like they are just ha ha ha. They're freaking out the entire show. Right. And as you said, there's the, they, they split up the heels and the faces. Everyone's always doing something. They have their own. They, they're still in character. Um, and I know that the, the, you know you can't really have the NXT people interacting in character at the main roster because that can blow some stuff. And they're worried about that. But it did seem very controlled. It it it, it did feel less natural. And I couldn't help but because it was just made so obvious how far apart everyone was standing from each other. But yet still, they're in this fishbowl out there. And, like, I don't, I don't know, Nick, if, you know, how much we want to get into the science or like, like, neither of us are doctors. But all I could think there was, like, if I'm standing five feet from somebody and I'm screaming and yelling, <laughs> and, like, you know, huffing and puffing, spitting while I'm trying to project energy and possibly, you know, making some plosives with my plosives with my mouth, I'm spewing all kinds of, you know, respiratory droplets, respiratory droplets into the, yes. thank you, Nick, <laughs> not a doctor, but you have the verbiage, but I do play one on a podcast. Hello. Uh, but you're, you're spewing those into the air, right? And it's all just swimming around in this soup over these guys. We know that they're not really, they're not giving them the actual test for this. They're just checking their temperatures. People right. can be not asymptomatic. And the only thing, the only thing they have there, there's no mask. All they have there is a a weird plastic partition between them and the actual wrestlers, which we'll get into this wasn't even a factor at the end of the show. So it was it was something where I could not help but look at that and say, this is they're making some arbitrary decisions here that really at the end of the day, they have no compunction about throwing those out the window. It's all and appearance. It's all it's illusion. All, it, it, yeah, it all feels like it's just done for appearance. Yep. On AEW, you've got people stacked next to each other. Like it's very obvious in AEW, they're not keeping social distance. They are outside, but there's they're not even trying to keep up an appearance of social distance. They're just saying, look, these all these people are backstage together. Like we're all, you know, we've got some people up in the crowds, but even then, they're not having this like very kind of calculated. Look, we're staying five feet apart from each other, even though ultimately the setup that we have makes that irrelevant when you think of the actual science of it. So it's, I couldn't help but think that. I couldn't help but feel that for most of the episode, it was, it felt canned. You know, they all, they, they all cheered for the faces. They all booed the heels. You know, it, it just, it seemed very calculated and there, and that hurt the presentation there was one point where I, uh, they were doing a backstage a backstage interview and all you heard was like somebody they were trying to boo them but they actually just sounded like a herd of cows <laughs> or <laughs> what's the what's the end the peasants rejoice <laughs> that's kind of what it sounded like there's yeah. no actual interactive energy coming out of this and I, I i wanted to temper this at the very beginning but i got into it too fast I want to give them a chance to experiment. We gave AEW a chance. They It took them a couple of weeks to find the formula, but they found it eventually, and it's gotten progressively better week after yeah. week. Take you, the you, plexiglass yep. down. If they're in the building, you putting up plexiglass isn't protecting anything. No, Take it's that just, down. Allow them to get up to the barriers like a crowd would. Yeah. You know? The, the, all of this stuff for show... 
you're 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 making yourselves look stupider by even trying to do it in the first place. Yeah. If you're just going to do this, yeah, t- take them back out. That, the, that's the, kind the of the plexiglass point. is a condom made of linen. It's not really doing anything. Right. It's just kind of there. So yeah, but I but you're right, Nick. I wanted to lead this off with a criticism so that at the end, I, I wanted to say at least we had crowd noise. That was a big, it, 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 oh, it felt so good to have some noise there. Yeah. People for them, for the, for the wrestlers to play off of. It did give some more energy, even if it did feel a little forced at times. And as you said, it's just the first attempt at it. Right, they're going to have to find. This is all unprecedented territory. We got they're three going shows to have a week to for them to figure their, it out. Yep. Now, the, now that being said, that that being said, we're going to have to wait about two weeks to see the next iteration of this because they recorded two weeks worth of shows over these first few days. So they might change some things over these first few days, but it's going to look like this for the next couple of weeks. So right. we we'll have to keep that in mind as well. We can be critical, but at the same time, I, I'm willing to let them learn. Look at it, and as they did already, you know they they looked at the empty arena shows and went, "God, these sound like crap." We're at a point now where we, we can we feel like we can get away with having some people in there. It's just going to evolve as it goes. Hopefully, they learn from their experiments, and we ultimately end up with a better product as a result. So, as we always say, Nick, hashtag. Skeptically, Skeptically optimistic. optimistic. Yeah, Kyle said something in the chat I want to address as well. Apparently, Dog Ziggler has an opinion on it, but he he's said, skeptically uh, optimistic. Is what he's yeah. saying. He's, he's he's giving support for that concept. Yeah, he said uh, TSA is nothing but for show, so the plexiglass is probably going to stay. Uh, we have a word for that in the tech industry. We call it security theater. So if you this is <laughs> we could we could refer to this as medicinal theater. I I don't know. That's all this is, guys. Is it's theater. It's, Medical it's, theater. it's the yeah. illusion of safety when yeah. they shouldn't even be in the building if they've got any kind of indication that they might be ill. Yeah, if you if they're saying that they're confident that these people are not contagious, then who gives a crap if they're six feet apart or two feet apart? Exactly. And that's kind of what AEW is doing is they're like, if they're in the building, they're fine. Yeah. That's our belief. I'm and sure there's waivers involved and all kinds of stuff too. And, you know, well... Yeah, I mean, it's it's all it takes is for a couple of people to come down with something, and it all comes crashing. We've all seen twenty eight weeks later, right? <sighs> the by better than twenty eight days later. I'm just going to throw that out there uh, right agreed, now. Agreed. Ooh, Jeremy Renner early role. Anyway, we, we that's getting off on a side topic. That's something that you go to Horror Palooza for. But Nick, we got to talk about what actually happened on the show, not just how the show was presented. And let's start off by talking about the top feud, Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. We had quite a bit of business to do with that on this show. Uh, started off with MVP inviting Drew out onto the VIP lounge. I want you and- to just pause for one second and hear what you just said, that the top feud was Lashley and McIntyre. Rewind the clocks a year and tell your year-ago self that a year from now, the top feud... In, in, on Monday Night Raw is going to be Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Would, would you have accepted that, and or would yes. you have been like, no? Easily. Easily I would really? have. Yes. I would have, had called, a, I would have had trouble accepting that. You were the one that said McIntyre was going to win the Royal Rumble last year, way earlier than that last year. Right. You were calling it out last summer that McIntyre was going to get coronated. And Lashley is a guy that we've said for a long time just needs the right angle to be on the top of the card. So no, this isn't. This is actually, it makes total sense. And looking at it, how it plays out, it does make total sense because right. my God, 
there was some this a show ended up with a brawl between these two, and it looked fantastic. It was awesome. Now, it took a while to get there, of course. We had to have Drew McIntyre come out in the VIP lounge, trash the set, and tell MVP, where's Lashley? I want him. And MVP saying, you're not going to get your hands on him because no contact, no contract. We're not seeing, we're not seeing any of that until we get to Backlash. And McIntyre says, fine, I'll just kick your ass. At which point, Bobby, Bobby Lashley does come out. And Drew McIntyre kicks the head off of MVP anyway. Lashley drags him to the back. And uh, we find out later that MVP and Lashley have gotten into the face of the Street Profits, who already had like a weird segment with the Viking Raiders, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, the street, they call the Street Profits clowns for these weird segments with the Raiders, and I can't say they're entirely wrong, but the Profits took umbrage to that and said, cool, let's have a match later. So we end up with the bizarre main event of the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits, versus MVP and Bobby Lashley. Uh, McIntyre hears of this backstage in an interview, decides As to he go was hang out. The building, and he's like, yeah, he's you like know I'm what? out. Actually, I'm gonna I'll, maybe I'll go hang out for a little bit. Uh, yeah, oh, I left something in the locker room. Say that. Perhaps I'll go back to the locker room. I think I forgot something in the locker room. I'll be back. <laughs> and off he goes. Uh, and sure enough, he ends up coming out at the end of the Street Profits Lashley MVP segment, which was actually uh, I actually had I was waiting for the Profits to get buried. And they didn't. They held, they held their own, including at the end, Montez Ford doing one of his absolutely insane through-the-roof frog splashes onto MVP and Lashley coming in to save him and putting Montez Ford in a full Nelson until the ref called for stoppage. So a DQ finish on a non-title bout, but it's still like I, I thought that that was an elegant way to get out for everybody. And then McIntyre came out, and we had that huge brawl we were talking about. So there's a lot to get into here, Nick. But I kind of want to work backwards from the end. Okay. Just I like if, if that. you would, if you would, if you'd indulge me here, because I would. we I end love that. with this, we end with this big brawl. What working backwards from the end? No, starting at the end and working your way backwards. Yes. Pause. Uh, so we end with this pull apart brawl, and I say it's a pull apart brawl because instead of having WWE security come to the ring and try and separate Drew McIntyre and Lashley, who are just going at each other, and it looked, and I again I reiterate, it looked great. These two have great chemistry. If you watch their feud in TNA, you know that they're, they're, mm. when they get physical, it's just mwah. Um, but instead of calling WWE security, the ref calls for some of the PC guys, the Performance Center dudes, who are out behind the plexiglass, and they just run from behind the plexiglass onto the stage, down the ramp, and try and pull apart McIntyre and Lashley. Starts with two of them, then he calls in three more, and then he calls in four more, Four or five more. I, I lost count by that point. But by the end of this, all these people that are being held behind plexiglass, that are supposedly social distancing from everybody else, just in case someone might have gotten through and be contagious, they are all on top of each other, pulling apart Lashley and McIntyre. And the last thing we see on the show are these two mounds of people smushed against these wrestlers who they've been separated from by plexiglass for the entire show. So you want to talk about theater yeah. and, and, and getting thrown out the window and WWE being like, you see, look, we're being so safe. And then just being like, oh, forget it. Just go jump them. That, that blew my mind. I just was, I was sitting there going, what are, what are you doing? What Not to are mention you guys having to stand doing? there for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I stand on my feet for eight hours at a time. Like, okay, 
you know, I've I've been at a I've been to a, a show. I mean, we've all been to to rock and roll shows or whatever, just, just concerts, right? You know, where you're on your feet, you're down in the general admission, you're on your feet for five hours at a time. Like, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come down and for having people stand for three hours, four hours for this. Like, okay, it's fine. You 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 can make it work. It's the breaking of that fourth wall or that like illusion of safety. We're having everyone pull apart Lashley. Like, where was the, I, I, I could say WW logic, but this goes far and far beyond that. Do you think it would be like, something in the back where they're going, oh, yeah, you know, you know what would be really clever is if we put on this presentation that we're being super safe and we're going to put up these plexiglass walls and then at the end we're going to go, ha, we were just kidding and we're going to send everybody into the ring and it'll be awesome and that's how we'll close the show. Yeah, I, 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 what? Should have thought twice about this one. Should have thought twice yeah. about this one. I, I, I get the impulse <laughs> to what, I mean, you've got a whole bunch of wrestlers in the crowd, might as well use them. Yeah, but what was your overarching point of this was look how safe we're being, yet we still have crowd noise. Uh, go us. And I'm like, you just, you just threw that out the window. You just completely invalidated that point. So that was, that was a big face palm moment for me at the end of the show even though i liked the idea of the pull apart brawl it looked great lashley and mcintyre's energy and their intensity is absolutely selling this feud just that was a big stumble in terms of their supposed health presentation on the right. show a couple of super chats i want to hit real quick line drive kyle with five bucks says drew and lashley were trying to outdo murder grandpa's young lion count at the end of raw last night Man, they got a long way yeah. to go. That's that's, a, that's that's a big mountain to climb. <laughs> that's a dude. Yeah, they're like they're still in Timbuktu if they're trying to climb Everest on that count. Yeah. Uh, Brad Shepard also with a five dollar super chat. Thank you, sir. Just because I haven't been on a live chat in a while, thanks, guys. Aww. Thank you, Brad. Thank good you, to, Brad. Good Shep. to have that's you, the, man. The good Brad Shepard. Yes. For those of you who are new our to the show. Brad Shepard, our Brad Shepard, the good one. Thank you very much, Brad. We appreciate that very much, sir. Um. So let's work backwards a little bit more. Let's talk yes. about that Street Profits match. Um, what's the logic behind having the Street Profits in a non-title match when they're currently having a weird sports feud thingy with the Viking Raiders? And we had them this week doing golf. They get kicked off the golf course. They have to go play putt-putt golf, peewee golf, whatever you want to call it. Okay, cute. Uh, for some reason, Ivar pulls a turkey leg and a drink out of a, a, a hole. I, I don't know. It was more kind of tomfoolery and nonsense and then they they you know said okay next week we're going to have a bowling match so this will continue Fantastic. god help us all um so first of all you've got them doing this ridiculous thing with the viking raiders they get called out on that by the way and respond by having an actual match and then looking good in that match so okay at least they're kind of addressing the elephant in the room but then they're also doubling down on said elephant and saying, we're doing it again next week. And where does that leave the, the, the Viking Raiders, who are the team that are supposed to look like a legit team? They even had the golf cart collapse underneath them because they're too fat, apparently, I guess. Well, just Ivar. But it's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. huh, get it? He's overweight. My, my inner 12-year-old huh, huh, inner was doing a full butthead. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, that, there's that, a 74-year-old. The the that's a 74-year-old, 12-year-old backstage going, this is the kind of humor people want. Right. And I, I'm, I'm here to Fat say... jokes and toilet humor. Fantastic. Right. He took a golf ball to the nuts. <laughs> That's great stuff. <laughs> uh, 
So I agree with you. What does this mean for? I, I'm going to put to bed War Machine. They're not warm. They're not my War Machine anymore. Nope. They they no. Uh, they're they, not. They, well, they're welcome to WWE. Yes. So you know, where this was weird for me was you've got a feud building for the WWE Championship with Bobby Lashley. Someone has finally resurrected that man's career. And yeah. now you're going to take a hard left and go with an old Wiley vet in MVP and go have a non-titled tag team match and tell him to bring that smoke. Well, like what? It, it sounds random, what? but it was a good. It was a good match. In fact, I'm going to sure. say this right now, Nick. Before people think we're dumping on the show, there was a lot of really good matches this week, like fantastic matches that some in some ways seemed random, but they were good. That Street Profits MVP Lashley match was very entertaining. It was. So there was some. There was. It was. It was peppy. It had great action. It had great energy. There was good charisma. Um, it was interesting to watch Lashley work with these two guys. Like, it was and it, MVP. Like, uh, he did. He did everything that was required of him. So it, I was actually pleasantly surprised with the end result. It just on paper seems bizarre. It does. Looking and I'm at not it here in the note, I'm going. This really happened. Like, yeah. Why? 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 Why were? Why? I understand the ending. With Lashley going out and confronting and having physicality with McIn- or McIntyre coming out, but sure. I'm wondering the whole that it makes sense if you think about it that the whole thing was a setup just to have physicality between McIntyre and Lashley. And like, also, let's let's call to get them back out to the ring. So let's have the Street Profits come in and have yeah. a match. Sure. And I get also, it. They, I thought they protected the Street Profits. They had like Montez yeah. had MVP beat Cole. Lashley came in and got DQ. Like, okay, they acted like tag champs, guys who can win a tag match against a thrown together team. So. All in all, not much to complain about here. No. Just some head-scratching stuff with, with Viking Raiders and the direction of the tag division in general. But, you know, that's kind of par for the course. And again, like we said, I'm loving MVP being Lashley's mouthpiece. He's knocking that out of the park. I'm loving the little, st- like, the weird drama that's going on with Lana is an interesting little side piece, pardon the pun, to this whole this whole story where she's... Like she comes in, is kind of just staring at MVP, and it's like we got something to talk about. He's like, "No, we don't." And then she comes up after uh, MVP gets kicked in the face by Drew and tries to offer him ice, and he just like, "Man, get out of here!" And Lashley's giving her the cold stare, and she just she's just really mad. I'm curious what their end game is with her. Like this is an interesting little side story here. She's gonna so cost a- Lashley the title opportunity at Backlash. I yeah. And I think that that's like an interesting way to, to take it. Yeah. I'm not mad at that if that's what they're going for, like this. And they're built. You know why? They're building it at a slow pace. It doesn't feel thrown together. They're not answering why these things are happening. These are these are little plot pieces that are being put together at an evenly paced rate. Yeah. And that's yes, good, good. So Kyle, a with lot, another uh, another five dollar super good. chat. Thank you, sir. Uh, if this profits Raiders much, thing man. is a best of seven. Can we at least make the final round be a game of double dare since they are in Orlando anyway? <laughs> Either that or uh, Uno. I'd love to see Uno. <laughs> right. <laughs> we want the smoke. Well, you're getting a draw four. Yeah, right. Oh! <laughs> Reverse uh, does not count as a skip. Is that? I guess that's the whole thing, right? That's the whole... That was pretty much it. That was the... I mean, the whole thing. There was a lot of things on the show where yeah. it, there was a whole thing to talk about. Um, I mean, there's a lot more that we had to discuss on this show. But yeah, they did a lot. 
with a, a few different feuds in just talking, just doing the main feud. So I dug them. I dug the way that they w- wove this together. Yeah. Well, the next thing we got to talk about is uh, we actually had a title change happen on Monday Night Raw. Uh, as of uh, the events of the last couple of weeks, Apollo Crews finally got his U.S. title opportunity against Andrade. Yeah. And uh, after the fallout of Austin Theory and now what we know has happened, uh, this is I think this is important because I think it's going to be interesting to see where Zelina, Andrade, and Garza go from here. Well, this is the interesting thing. So they've actually been telling a long-term story with Apollo Crews here, too, where he was in the running for Money in the Bank, yep. couldn't make it because his leg gave out in his match against Andrade, um, and so was unable, like, was disqualified from Money in the Bank after winning his match to get in. So he had a beef with Andrade. I remember he was very emotional about that. He felt like he missed an opportunity. You were mad at him because he was showing you know, manly emotions in the hallway. Well, here he is. He finally gets his shot back in Andrade, and in another very nicely worked, exciting match that kind of ended a bit abruptly, I felt, but still was a, a, a strong match, Andrade ends up pulling off a win. Oh, sorry, excuse me. Apollo ends up pulling up, off a win over Andrade, uh, who then goes to the back and starts breaking stuff and throwing stuff around. Apollo Cruz is your new U.S. champion, his first title in WWE. So a big moment for him. He was obviously very emotional about it. Um, but he held a great it together? Promo. He did held it. He held it. Yes, Nick. He held it together this time. He was able to stuff down those emotions and and hold them in check like a real man. That's what you do. Because real real men don't cry. You wait till you're <laughs> off camera. You choke it back. <laughs> then you go in the locker stuff room. The, you take a right. shower and you have yourself a good cry. Right. Stuff stuff them down because yep. that's very healthy. Yeah. Uh, so he wins the title. He gives a really fire promo afterwards, being like, "No one believed in me, but I believed in myself, and now I'm the champion." So there you go. And next week, we know that he's able to pick his first opponent for said title. So, um, a couple of questions here. Just random raw. Andrade goes out to what up until now has been some like pretty basic moves from Apollo. Was this kind of an ignominious way for him to lose this title, which he's had for so long? Or was it just time and the right guy to put it on and deserved for by Apollo after his work over the last few weeks? Like, what, how, what did you think about the nature of this title change and the fact they decided to do this now? It's my tinfoil hat. I gotta, hang on. Oh, no. Oh, no. So Not I the ha- tinfoil hat. I, I have a hunch Andrade might be the first opponent of the new intercontinental champion once we get past this tournament. Is that tinfoil hat irradiated or something? Like, what actually... That's a different brand entirely. Are you saying Andrade's going to go over to SmackDown? Like, that's now? mattered in the last th- two to three weeks. But he's he's going to suddenly get traded to SmackDown? Like, that's... While well, he still that's has exactly guards there? That's like, exactly what, what they did with AJ Styles after they buried him alive. They've already So you're telling AJ me Styles. that's... <laughs> <laughs> who are they going to bring from SmackDown to Raw? Like, come on, let's go down all the way down your rabbit hole. So, okay, so who's going from SmackDown to Raw? What are you? Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, keep it. Look, keep it within some. Daniel some. Bryan or AJ Styles or even if it's Jeff Hardy, you could have one. You could have one of them move or, you know, it, it, listen. He's in a feud with Sheamus. Oh my God. Okay. Kill him. You're killing okay. me. All right. You're killing me. I, I I personally think this feud's not done yet. I feel like we're gonna have a couple of people working with Apollo, and then we'll get back to Andrade by the next pay per view. No. Uh, I, I I don't think this is over yet. They have a they've had a good feud so far. 
Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes next, but I think there's enough story here that you could continue this. Um, and the fact that they had Andrade kind of blow up afterwards makes me think that he's going to want to get his championship back. So, what if, so, so Kyle makes a good point. What if Andrade, what if, uh, Angel Garza goes and gets it off of Apollo? Now they have inner turmoil within the group again. Well, for that to happen, we'd have to have another feud that seems to be brewing not happen. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. I think Angel Garza's busy right now. Real quick, we'll get uh, into that. Chris, 1978, with 10 bucks in the Super Chat, says, just want to say, mm, thank what's up, guys? Your show is the best. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very thank much. You. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> right in the feels. Uh, no crying, though, Nick. At no, the end of the choking day. Choking it down to the end of the show. What a, so... Let's say Andrade is not the next opponent. It's not Garza. Who all is still active right now that he could really feud with? As, as right now, he's still a face. But where is he going? It kind of has to be Andrade or... Yeah. I or, mean, unless one of them, Murphy or Theory come after it. But that's, they're, they're busy with other I stuff, know. too. I know. So let's, let's talk about some of the other people that are also busy right now. Kevin Owens. Open up the whole show with the KO show where he had, uh, he was initially having Asuka out. And uh, if you've seen the opening to Raw once, you've seen it a million times. We've got a, a show segment. You call somebody out, then everyone else comes out to interrupt them. And we end up with a pull apart brawl that sets up a match later. Well, they did it again. Asuka comes out to talk to KO, gives a little speech about how no one is ready for Asuka, essentially. Uh, and then you have her interrupted by Charlotte Flair, who says, Asuka, uh, I've beaten you a lot of times before, and when I get this number one contenders match under my belt, I'll be coming for you again. Out comes Natty to say this, essentially a similar thing, is I'm going to win, and then I'm going to come for you, Asuka. And then out comes Nia Jax to say, yep, I'm going to beat you too, Asuka, when I get my hands on you. And Kevin Owens, at this point, has stepped out of the ring and taken everything out of the ring because he doesn't want Natty trashing his set. Uh, he doesn't want to get beat up by, by Nia Jax. At which point he says to Asuka, Asuka, whatever you do, don't hit Nia in the face. And Asuka kind of looks up and goes, oh, doink, hits, hits Nia right in the face, and then the brawl starts. And uh, end of the segment. And sure enough, later on, we not only had the number one contenders match for the Raw Women's Championship between Nia Jax, Natty, and Charlotte, but we also had a match between Kevin Owens and Angel Garza. Mm. Now, let's do the number one contenders match first here. Can um, I just, before we do that, okay. can I just say what a treasure Kevin Owens is? His acting and his uh, improv and all of the stuff that he was doing, circling around all of these ladies in the ring to keep it interesting. Uh, listen, we all know Natty's not the best promo. Charlotte Osco in there was fantastic. And then Nia comes out, and it's like a double down on... Snooze fest, right? Oh, come on. Listen, so Kevin Owens, as Natty's coming out, starts clearing the ring so that he can save all of his props this time and she won't tear him up. And so she won't have another tantrum, forcing her to also do a little bit of, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to have a tantrum, blah, 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 blah. But then Kevin just getting out of the way and doing the things that he does. I mean, they must trust him just indefinitely. To do whatever he wants to do out there and just kind of make it up. He is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant at this kind of stuff. 
And I just I wanted to give a, a, a good old hat tip to to KO for what he how he opened the show. But the last problem night. was it felt like this whole segment, even with him trying his hardest and Oscar trying her hardest and being awesome. Oh, in fact, I wouldn't say any of these ladies really sucked in, in what they were doing. It's just the whole thing felt awkward and staged, and as it always does when they do these things, and it just it, the whole thing feels stagey. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It just, More it didn't talk work. shows, guys. That's what we need on. That's what we need on a wrestling show is. Talk shows. I didn't need this. No. I was already hyped for this match. And when you when you had this number one contenders match, it was really good. It was a great match. Yeah. It was exciting. There was a lot of false finishes. Uh, some huge moves. Nia Jax got double power bomb through the announce table. Enough said. You also had Asuka on commentary, which is always gold. And every time they cut to her, she had better expressions and more energy than everyone in that crowd combined. Yep. Just which is why she's Asuka. Uh, but I, I, they didn't need this opening segment. No, it didn't even kill that much time. You, there was, I don't know. I felt like there was other things that they could have put here. You could even let like some of the matches run a little longer, like have the Andrade Apollo match run a little longer. Yeah. Give it five more minutes. You didn't need it. Yeah. Yeah. Five or 10 more minutes. You didn't need this. I agree. So I I think KO and Asuka interacting at the beginning would have been enough have the rest of them just come out later. I, I like the idea yeah. of opening with a champion and closing with a champion, bookending it that way. Um, but, th- yeah, the whole thing of KO interacting with Asuka as if he understood everything she was saying. And mm-hmm. then when Natty came out putting all this stuff, I just thought it was absolutely brilliant on his You part. could even have had just had it simple. Kevin Owens comes out. Asuka comes out. He asks Asuka her opinion on each of the women that are in the, the, the triple threat match. And she, you know, says something like dip, wacky and different about each one of them and it's entertaining as hell. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. And that would have been entertaining and less awkward than what we had. But at the end of the day, like I said, we ended up having a great women's match. At the end of it, it was just, you know, who's going to get this final pin? Bunch of submissions get thrown. But ultimately, Naya, as you probably, if, you, if you'd given me 100 bucks, I'd have put every single cent of it on Naya Jack's pinning Natalia, which she did. Samoan drop, one, two, three. Nia Jax is your number one contender for Asuka. Makes the most sense. Most immediate history between the two. Nia was supposed to be Becky's first opponent. She was the next in line for this. So, makes all the sense in the world. Frankly. Agreed. So, do you, do you think so? Or is there anyone else? I, you'd no, I, have I agree and I'm thankful they didn't just hand it to Charlotte. You know? Well, ha- are you mad that Charlotte was in this match? Would you rather have seen that shot go to someone else? That for shot this go to someone else. It made no sense. Like who? Does, does it give some kind of credence, or or you know, does it make it a bigger match because of it? Uh, why why have a triple threat in the first place? Didn't we already do this where Nia came out and dominated? My issue was more that Charlotte is already a champ. So why Agreed. is she going for another championship? Why is she fighting for another con- logic. number one yeah. contender spot for yet another championship? It's not even that. It's, yeah, it's not even that. It's Charlotte. Like I know yeah. that there's a lot of people that are that they feel like they're they're kind of over Charlotte. There's too much Charlotte going on right now. Um, I think it's just right. They they found just right Charlotte. There, it's a little much. It's a little bit much. But again, one of the best workers, if not the best worker in the division. Now with Becky gone, probably their top female star. Right. Um, I think inarguably before you could have argued it. But now inarguably, but that's a spot that could have gone to somebody else. It would have made Nia winning seem more obvious, perhaps. But at the same time, 
I don't know if Charlotte needed to be there. The only reason I can think of is that Charlotte said to Asuka, you know, you and I still have unfinished business, but I always beat you. And we've already had it announced that next week it will be Charlotte versus Asuka, champion versus champion on Raw. So Why are they giving that away on a, paper, on a TV show? Why, that's I, I can only imagine that they... Stuff. Naya interrupts or something, and it's, it's left open-ended, so we're left wanting more Charlotte and Asuka in the future. It's the only thing I can think about that. I can think of several so. people that should have had that spot over Charlotte, but whatever. It's, yeah. You know, it is what it is. I, sh- look, at Charlotte is being an absolute rock star right now. She's doing everything they're asking her to. She's going to every single show. With she aplomb. Feels, she feels important when she comes out. I... I, I I can't knock anything they're doing with Charlotte. I can't sit here and say I wouldn't be doing the exact same thing as a booker if I had a Charlotte Flair in my back pocket. Yeah. I mean, you and you have alternatives. You've got Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, all on Raw. All could have been in that slot. And it's worrisome. I'd have given it to them before Natalia. Yeah. Wiley veteran, you know, can pull out this match. And, And honestly... I don't know. We got a good match out of it. I'll, I, I will. I will just say that. So let's talk about Kevin Owens and Angel Garza. Mm. Um, so during the Apollo Cruz and Andrade match, uh, they cut to Angel Garza backstage watching the match, and he was he was giving an interview. And during this match, he compared a wrestling match to making love to a beautiful woman. <laughs> Now he's going after Kayla Braxton too. Yeah, well, he's he's thrown out everywhere, man. He's yeah. the he's the native Lothario. Yeah, El Latino is in la casa, baby. Yeah, he's slinging that Garza dung all over the place. Hey now, you know? and he's saying uh, yes, a wrestling <laughs> match is like making love to a beautiful woman. It starts off with you looking across the room at each other, eyeing each other, looking at each other's supple bodies covered in sweat and ready to engage, and then you smash together in the middle of the ring, all of the action and passion. Oh, yes, it's so beautiful. Oh. And then afterwards, you're lying there in ex- oh, you, you, ecstasy and passion. It's all over the place, and you're spent. Passion. And then you wait to, do it, <laughs> wait to do it all over again. It was, I, was, I was laughing so freaking hard at this, Nick. He just kept going and going He and kept going. going. Can, can I give some props to my boy, Angel Garza, yeah, for dude. taking what could have been absolutely cringe-inducing material and making it cringe-inducing in the best way possible? Right. It was... It, it, it's, if that it's had been Val Venus be, or somebody, it would, we would have just been going, oh! Like no. no. It felt a little bit like, like it's, you know, kind of that same... It's same wheelhouse. Yeah. But because right? he's like, Latino, it, it, it comes across as, like, sensual. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's just because it's, it's him. It's just because it's him doing it. It's just good character work. It's, <laughs> it's cringy, it's gross, it's hilarious all at the same time. And it's also exactly what his character should be doing. If you're going to yeah. have him be like, go all the way and turn it up to WWE 11, he's like, that's all right. He likes to make love to all the beautiful women. You know, like we always yes. joke about on this show, where it's like, hide your, hide your sister, hide your wife, hide your mother, hide your grandmother. Because Angel oh. Garza is coming to town. He's going to rip off his pants. And once they get a view of the beautiful Garza dong, they will not have anywhere to run but towards the Angel Garza. So, but that's a th- okay. So here we've got Angel Garza, <laughs> Garza running off, running his mouth about how the how wrestling matches are like making love to a beautiful woman. Well, if that's the metaphor he wants to go with, his match with Kevin Owens was, uh, was he's got a hell of a way of making love because what he did was jump him early, focus on a body part and relentlessly press for a surprise early finish 
which he after which he got, he gets in one final shot before he runs away. I don't think that's what a beautiful woman really wants in a lovemaking session. But no. hey, apparently that's what Angel Garza brings to the table when he's gonna when he's gonna fight you in the ring. My goodness. So that's this this was actually it was fascinating because I thought Kevin Owens was gonna put Angel Garza away. I but didn't Angel actually Garza, for what it's worth. He chop blocks Kevin Owens before the match. My goodness, I'm all I'm all excited. He chop blocks Kevin Owens as Kevin Owens is coming to the ring. So Kevin's got a bum leg the entire match. He focuses on that. At one point, Kevin's got him beat dead to rights, pop-up power bomb, but he can't pull it off because of the leg. So Angel Garza locks in the wing clipper, and boom, Kevin Owens goes down relatively clean to Angel. I mean, yes, obviously bum leg, but he still goes down to Angel Garza, who pulls off the win here. Like I said, getting in one final shot, kicking Kevin Owens a little bit before he leaves. So we're talking earlier about Angel possibly transitioning to the U.S. title. He's dealing with Kevin Owens now. We got a feud between Angel Garza and Kevin Owens. And the fact that they let Angel get in a win like this over Kevin Owens, to me, says they really do see some equity in Angel Garza. Big time. Oh, they fast-tracked him. He's like nine months into the company, if you include NXT stuff. When was he doing that with his initial debut? Last August or September? Like nine months now? He's... he's... <laughs> And he's already at the you know, upper mid card on Raw. I'm, yeah, <laughs> he's working with he's working with former Universal Champions in Kevin Owens. Yeah, he's getting a beating, they're giving him beating, be, beating Universal Champion <laughs> beating and and also to be clear, when they give you the opportunity to cut a promo like that and you take it out of the park like that, that's called grabbing the brass ring. Yep. So he has definitely been catching them brass rings. Right and left, which is why he's getting these opportunities. So is this the best place for both these guys to be in? It seems like a bit of a step down for Kevin Owens, or is this something that could ultimately benefit him after his awesome Seth Rollins program? Short of the NXT title run that he had, my favorite Kevin Owens was his U.S. title run. And I don't know if that was because he was he had the Jericho thing, the best friends angle, or I just I, he was the face of America, that whole shtick. If you guys remember that from a couple of years ago, I, I'm not sure, but I I like I like Kevin Owens around the U.S. title. There's something about it that just clicks. And if Angel I don't know, Garza's not, in that picture too, he's had, actually I'm a, I'm actually going to argue counter to you because he's had some really bad luck with the U.S. title. Sure. Remember that the the he and Chris Jericho had to settle for the U.S. title, end up having a crap match according at WrestleMania, according to Vince, and then that was also the one where they had the botched spot with him and AJ Styles. Like the U.S. title has not been that kind to Kevin Owens, and maybe there's a redemption to be had there. But sure, I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like he's got a he's got a path back to it, um, but maybe he's helping to elevate Angel Garza here. Exactly. Is is he is he setting up? Is he staging yeah. Angel Garza to go face Apollo Crews for the U.S. title? That feels like it could be a inevitability. Yeah, that's and if so, then I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. Again, Angel Garza uh, not only looked great in this match, but was great backstage with that absolutely ridiculous speech that totally cracked me up. And uh, to that, I also say that Chris, 1978, in the chat, threw oh. us two bucks. Thank you, sir. And he says... Hello, ladies. <laughs> In the Ew. creepy Valvinus voice. Never do that again. <laughs> uh, they have practiced that. One. You have, All you, you do have, is you wear, have to do your towel. Wear a dance towel. Too. 
That's right. A big Valboski's come to town to say, ladies, if you need a ride home, the big Valboski is the only ride you need. <laughs> Moving on, we had uh, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins had quite a bit to do tonight, too. He introduced his newest disciple, Austin Theory, who is now also doing the little hand gesture just like Buddy Murphy. Seth now has a couple of goons by his side. And Seth also was holding Rey Mysterio's mask and saying that, yeah, you know, I kind of kind of nearly took Ray's eye out with the ring steps, but it was all for the greater good because it may mean that Ray can finally go out in a blaze of glory and ultimately it means that I've got one less guy in my way. So it is for the greater good and thank you, Ray, for your sacrifice. I hope you feel good knowing that you sacrificed for me and my boys here. Um, he then has both his boys speak about how great he is. Murphy saying, yeah, I was lost until Seth came along. And Austin says, yeah, my friends didn't like me. And then Seth told me that I'm a great person. So, yay, we're all buddies now, especially Buddy Murphy. So they all go and have a match. Seth's ringside. Alistair Black and Umberto Carrillo versus Austin Theory and Buddy Murphy. Excuse me, just Murphy. <laughs> uh, my God, Nick. <sighs> I want. We're going to talk about the end of this match, but I I want to talk about the match itself really quickly. Yeah, Alistair Black, Umberto Carrillo, Buddy Murphy. Sorry, just Murphy, and Austin Theory. That's just. It's not fair. I mean, it's not fair. No, it's not fair. I just that's a match you tell me about, and I just go put it in my eye holes, and then when I have it in my eye holes, I go put more in my eye holes. My eye holes can take it. Because there's just so much good about this. This is four absolutely outstanding workers going out there and just putting on a clinic of a 10-minute match, seven to eight-minute match. Just nonstop action, smooth as silk, multiple striking hits that just look absolutely fantastic. Yeah, This was freaking awesome. And if this is a taste of things to come, consider me appetized. Yes. Uh, Holy crap. the things I want to say about this are more to do with what happened after the match. And I agree with everything you just said. It was an absolute okay. spectacle to see these four guys. Um, I do want to throw in a little tidbit, a little dangling of a carrot that it is out there now that Alistair Black has been working with Undertaker, uh, on his presence, on yes. his entrance, on his yes. being. And I'm sitting here going, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> my, oh my evil God. maniacal just comes over and goes, yes! Because yeah. they listen. Yeah. No, he, because he's, that's, they, Alistair that's, said that I wanted to switch one stream. thing that I yeah. wanted way back when we were bringing, about to bring Ricochet and Alistair Black up. I was like, Black Please has the her. potential yeah. to be the next taker. He could be the next like undead warlock necromancer kind of weirdo that has sure. this super fantastical kind of role and they've botched his interest up mostly, but if well, he's working with Taker now on that kind of stuff, I'm just... What I yes. took away was more about presence and how to project that kind of character was what I took away from his interview. Yes. Um, and that's what Taker was talking to him about. Uh, but yeah, no, that, was, that definitely made my neck hair stand up on end and, uh, and just, who uh, got the tinglys all over. Hearing that Taker was kind of taking Alistair under his wing, knowing that Alistair was playing a character that in terms of 
how he needs to be perceived by the crowd is very similar to Taker. And I don't think that he's going to go and be another Taker. I don't think that's even what he should be doing. But in terms of, I mean, who better to go talk to than a guy who spent most of his career playing a very serious, brooding, dark character? That's the perfect person that Alistair could be talking to. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. much excitement there but you're right we need to talk about the end of this match which was ultimately austin theory getting the better of umberto carrillo taking him out with the atl and then them all dragging carrillo out to ringside and as alistair grabs a chair and comes after them they say stop or else we're going to take out this kid's eyeball on the stairs and seth starts screaming at alistair like you're going to stay out of my way or i'm going to hurt you guys you're going to you know, toss the chair, toss it, toss it out of the ring. The or way I'm that stab he was looking out. at and talking to Black, too, is like, just, this, oh, my goodness. If you, if you remember, Seth did this a while back when he was a heel, when he had Edge in the ring, and Cena was coming down to the ring, and he put his foot on Edge's neck and said, stay the hell back or I'll break his goddamn neck. I swear I'll do it. <sighs> this was the same kind of, like, creepy, oh, my God, Seth yeah. is a psychopath kind of feel. <laughs> Great fantastic it made them come across as genuinely dangerous and vicious and scary um i can't say enough good about this whole feud not between between the people involved and the the brutality the viciousness the 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 creepiness of seth rollins right now love it all it's it's what they're doing at gangbusters and the added bonus of the fact that we've got announced next week on Raw, Rey Mysterio is going to retire. That's right, Nick. Next week on Raw, we're having a retirement ceremony for Rey Mysterio. Man, it's been a long, great road. It's sad to see him ride off into the sunset like this, but, you know, that contract is up, and I guess it's time for him to say goodbye. It's so sad. It's so sad, Nick, that he had to go out in this way, and they're going to have this. I can't even keep this up, Nick. You know this is just a big swerve. Well, you also had... Uh, Seth carrying around his one of his masks, his purple mask, all show, including all the way up to the end, and they kept mentioning Dominic. Oh, you know where on, my Nick. head's going here. No, can you just stick to reality for once? Dominic's not going to come out as the new Rey Mysterio. Not, not, not the new Rey Mysterio, but he's going to come out and in the purple mask and convince his dad to stay and say that he wants to. Anyway, it's, Dominic's going to get involved in this somehow. He's no, got no. Yep. No. Just have it be Ray, like Ray wants to retire, and he can't take it. He gets pissed at Seth, and he takes him out. And then we have Ray Mysterio, Alistair Black, and Humberto Carrillo versus Seth, Buddy Murphy, and uh, Austin Theory. Yeah, put put that all the way in my eye. All the way in my eye holes. <laughs> even, if, even if it's like, if it just breaks down to Ray versus Seth, Black versus Murphy, Carrillo versus Theory, the you know the guys that individually have the feuds going on. Yeah. Or three on three, or any. You just booked yourself about three months worth of matches right there right. because you can mix and match that in, in 18 different ways, and I will happily watch any of those freaking matches. That's roadmap all the way to SummerSlam, baby. Uh, let's get <laughs> Seriously. it. Seriously. <laughs> so. uh, Kyle just said Mark Henry's FedExing the salmon jacket to Ray. <laughs> yep. He's going to come out in a salmon mask. Mark my words. Oh. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be that nice night with like salmon coming down here. Yeah. Hold on. Where's my Ray mask? It's behind me. There it is. There's my Ray So these are going to be salmon right here. A couple of salmons, and we'll have like yeah, have some locks right up here. This will be like a locks colored. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, no, ag ag agreed. This is <laughs> Ray's gonna retire. 
no, he's not. Uh, we mentioned Edge a second ago, Nick. Edge is in a feud with Randy Orton. Uh, Ric Flair put out a TikTok video of some sort to say how great Orton was. Had to call his boy out. Woo! Say how great woo Orton was. Woo! But then Edge had a backstage promo. And it was it was very like muted and dark. And he was very introspective. And was like, I don't, you know, you've had Randy, you've had 1,086 matches while I was out injured. I know. I did the research. And it was really dark and brooding and questioning himself, like, can I still do it? I mean, I was, I've gone hold for hold with The Undertaker. I've elevated everybody that I've been in a feud with. Like, I know that I'm good, but can I still, can I still do it? Well, at Backlash, I'm going to dig to the very depths of my soul to try. And that's all a man can do. And then it cuts to the greatest wrestling match ever. It's going to happen a bit. So this is Nick. This is what drove me nuts about this. Edge cuts an absolutely money promo. Like just that you can tell the guy's been doing some. Sorry to put it this way. Some real acting. He's been off on movies and TV. He's taken acting classes. The dude's out here putting on a monologue. It's not a promo. It's a monologue. And then they immediately cut to this hyperbole, this bombastic nonsense they're, they're promoting this match with, the greatest wrestling match ever, Edge versus Randy Orton at Backlash. Do you feel that they're undercutting the work that everyone's putting in for this match by putting such ridiculous hyperbole on top of it, such, such unattainable goals on this match? If it doesn't end in a immediate RKO and a count and a one two three and we walk out after this whole thing, I'm going to be severely <laughs> disappointed. Can you imagine? Yes, I can. Uh, ding ding ding! RKO. The Just match as is a over. double finger Just, to everybody that's trolling. Thought, oh, yeah. oh, if they're trolling, I'm going to come back and be like, "That was that was awesome! Way to go, WWE! You got us! Brilliant!" <laughs> like. That's hilarious. Yeah, that would. But if they actually go out there and do twenty minutes of actual wrestling, I'm I'm going to pull my hair out. I mean, it's I'm, Randy I'm Orton so and Edge. Mad. How upset are it's we going to be about it? It's, it's not going to be effing greatest wrestling match ever. But we, this is what we've been saying. We know it's going to be good. We know it's going to be good. At worst, it will be serviceable. Like that's me being pessimistic. Is it'll be it'll be oh, that was a good match. That's at worst. At best, it will not be the greatest wrestling match ever. And all due respect to both of these guys. Yeah. All due respect. It is just not. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. It's just not. It, at best, it could be really, really good. Maybe match of the year. Like, just me being as optimistic as possible. Take out the skepticism. Yeah. Maybe match of the year. All time? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> match of the <laughs> match of the year last year was Osprey Takagi. Takagi. Which by the way is this free. This isn't gonna hold it's a free candle. right now. I put it in the Facebook discussion group. It's, yes, you it's did. for free. You can watch it. And it's so This isn't gonna good. hold a candle to what Osprey and Takagi did last year. I'm sorry. I love both Randy Orton and I ha- and Edge and I have for twenty years. I love everything I just, they've done. Yeah, ag- agreed. Ugh. 
Uh, Kyle in the chat, 499, says, what if this tagline is a swerve and it's a wrestling musical? They are sampling the greatest showman soundtrack yeah. for the greatest wrestling match this ever. This is the greatest show. Whatever that song is. Right. <laughs> Except sung just, much better. Look than that. down, look down. Don't look edge in the eye. Look down, look down. RKO will make you die. No? <laughs> I mean, Edge does look Les Miserables this week. I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Musical jokes aside, I, I, I hope it's a swerve. I hope it's a swerve. It's the only save for it. It could be, um, Nick, not a swerve. It is going to happen. Iconics are still in a feud with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. But I got to say, this week, I liked what they did with them. You had the Iconics come out and complain uh, about how they just don't get any shots. Yeah, I know. Titles. How about we build some storyline into the women's tag team and division? They did. Yes, they did. <laughs> yes, they they said why why are the champions some crazy lady and the office's favorite blonde? Nice. <sighs> okay, shots fired. Well, yes. out come Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, and Nikki goes off about how hard it was to get those titles. That's great. That's good. That's what you should be doing. You have the champs putting over how important the titles are. You have the champs showing fire about being challenged. You have the challengers acting like heels and crapping on the uh, like heels should on the champs, calling into question their legitimacy. That yes, exactly. And then it ends in a brawl. Ends in physicality. Boom. 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 Simple. One. Two. Three. Great. Yes, yes, yes. Now I know why they hate each other. Now I've, you know, the champs, the champs' legitimacy has been called into question. They fierily defend it. Boom. Great. Love so, it. Love uh, it. This was this was one of my favorite things that happened on Raw. It's yeah. funny. It was. I was like, oh my god, finally! I somebody's I honestly, telling a story. Say, this has just become a sleeper feud for me. Like, yep. Low key, I'm like, oh, now I'm in. Now I'm invested. So and then well they turn around and beat the that. absolute shit out of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and I was like, "Great, oh, all right, yes." Also what, it's also what should happen. Then the yes. heels get the heat on the champs. Burf, yep, one hundred and one, exactly, one hundred and one, executed perfectly. <laughs> Mwah, move on. Liv uh, Morgan cutting another babyface ish promo, uh, talking about how this is all she's ever wanted to do. She's living her best life. Um, Speaking of people that have been on a run that should have been in a triple threat for the contendership, uh, here's one. Yeah, why is she doing these promos talking about how my life was so hard, but now like things are getting better and I'm only going to get better and better? Okay, well, great. What are you going to do besides talk about it? I mean, just let's, okay, in kayfabe. Go out and get it, woman. Yeah. Go no, let, let's put Charlotte and Natalia in this. Knock down some doors. Go KO the champ. Like, go go get it. Don't just sit there and be like, I'm living my best life. Like, go, go, uh, yeah. go do something. Yep. So, yeah, it, 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 it's they're spinning the wheels on her a little bit. I don't know if this is relatable. Either. This is something where it's I get, on I get the Alistair, edge of abrasive. Alistair Black in the closet vibes off of this, and I, I'm as scared of it. As long as she ends up where Alistair Black has ended up post-closet, then yes. Uh, we can we can spin some wheels as long as we ultimately get somewhere. So I like these. I don't <laughs> mind them. I just there's ten other things I'd rather her be doing. Like have yet another match with someone. Well said. You know, it's they're fine. I don't want to knock the promos themselves. They're great. Coming from nothing, finding your way, great babyface stuff. But 
just why you have her in a closet cut doing this stuff you could have she had great matches with Ruby Riot two weeks in a row and now we've done this for two weeks in a row and I'm going what the f guys come on and you're and you're putting Natalia and Charlotte Flair in a number one contenders triple threat after that you've got two major uh women's feuds right now Iconics and Bliss Cross and then you know you've got the the few women at the top of the card with uh, Nia Jax, Charlotte, Natty, Asuka. Shayna's still around there somewhere. Bianca Belair's out there somewhere. Uh, Ruby Riot, And then here's Liv Morgan. So there's, a, there's a, another, there's a third level you could have with your women's division right now. Instead of that, you know, kind of crappy opening to the show, you could have had another women's match. Yep. Just saying. Yep. You've, got the, you've got the talent for it. Um, also, another fun segment. Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski, current 24-7 champion, Rob Gronkowski. You know, Nick, a quick pause. You said earlier, if I told you a year ago that Lashley and McIntyre were in a feud, I'd be, I'd be confused. Okay. Six months ago, if you said Rob Gronkowski, 24-7 champion, I'd, I'd probably be like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. But here we are. It's happened. It's a reality. Rob Gronkowski is your 27 champion, and I'm... Not going to lie, Nick. I'm not mad at it. It's a good promo. I'm not mad at it because it was actually a pretty good promo. He yeah. turns his sunglasses around backwards and says, I got eyes in the back of my head, dude. And R-Truth is sitting here going, I finally figured out. Someone clued me in that it wasn't Tom Brady. After all, it was Rob Gronkowski that has the 24-7 <laughs> champion. I'm coming for you, football man. I'm coming for you. Uh, <sighs> I'm, I'm in. Okay, you yeah. got me. I'll watch. I just sure. I'm wondering when this comes to a head. Does it come to a head? I would have to imagine before preseason, right? They're not going to let this go until this. Oh no! Uh, actually, OTAs and mini camps are going to start in the next month. So that's what I'm you, thinking. Like this yeah. has to happen during mini camp. They're not going to let this run. Cover the it. It'll it'll be a thing. Right? Like they kind of have to. Yep. Do we know whether? Um, what's the? Oh God! And don't forget, the they're also show? in Florida now, right? Yeah. No, the Bucks right. in Florida. But that's what I was saying. Is who who's HBO following this year? I don't for, know. Uh, for hard change. knocks, I'm not sure. Hard, hard knocks, yeah, hard knocks. I'm not sure. Who are they following? For, for some reason, I feel like it's Miami, but I, I'm not sure about that. Could it be the Bucks? <laughs> Could we be seeing our truth pop up on hard knocks? I just, I'm wondering the, for crossover value. Someone, someone, tell me. I haven't kept track. Will James says Chargers, Chargers and Rams. Rams. Oh, snooze. Boring, but. <laughs> uh, the Chargers, Chargers going to be that's that's trash. Jared dark Goff side is of, such a riveting interview. Of, <laughs> oh Man, following the Chargers on hard knocks is going to be like dark side of the field. Ugh. That's going to be rough. Oh man, the funny thing about that you guys outside of LA don't really know. Nobody wants the Chargers there, and they don't want to be there. And that's that could you know what the Chargers on hard knocks could shed some light on some of that stuff. That's the fun irony. And, and listen, we're not a football podcast, but you know, I know we're you're a, little a bit big, of everything. Every right, you're a big Raiders fan. I'm yes. kind of everywhere, but I, I, I the Chargers coming to L.A. Oh, what the so shit was that? Stupid. <laughs> so stupid. I mean, greedy that's rich just, people is what it was. That's guys. just the Chargers ownership, and San Diego's down there just going, well, bye. Yeah, flipping them the burden. <laughs> we're just away gonna out. tank the team. Yeah, <laughs> the Spinolas like, or whatever that family—the complete opposite of what happened with the Raiders in Oakland. But this—that's not right. the show for this. Yes, that's another show. We can do that in the mailbag episode if we need to. 
Maybe. That was it for Raw, though, Nick. Uh, overall, again, I thought the three hours this week maybe not flew by, but I felt like the content that the content was full. You know, there wasn't a it whole was. lot of drag. There I was felt a like lot of stuff that happened. Was a lot, and overall, it was good. Yeah. There's so, not a lot to be upset about it. Mostly the opening, the dynamics that they need to yeah. fix uh, of the of the crowd. Um, and again, with the know. criticism that we had on that, like it's just okay. It was their first shot at it. There's things they need to fix. It was awkward. Okay, let's wait and see. Like, I'm willing to give so much leeway because they're trying. They're trying in an unprecedented unprecedented situation. Excuse me. So, I'm absolutely willing to say, okay, well, this week, this, this, and this didn't work. Right. But you know what? They're they're trying new stuff. So, all right, you yeah. tried. Now just keep improving. Kyle with a five dollar super chat yet again. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Says the Chargers were supposed to go to San Antonio, but no, LA needs two teams. <laughs> Listen, here's how bad the Chargers got punked. The, the the Rams get to play at USC, the beautiful Olympic Bowl. The, the the Rams get to play there. You know where the Chargers are playing? Home Depot Field down I've in Torrance next to the refineries. It, <laughs> it's not good. It, it, it makes the Oakland Stadium look amazing by oh, comparison. Oh, God. It's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, but, bad. hey, guys, wait five years. We'll give you this giant $2 billion stadium, but not oh, until man. after it's trashed by the Olympics. Hold your... <laughs> yeah. I think Chargers would be good in San Antonio. I mean, the Raiders almost went yeah. there, and I, I about crapped bricks because I would have to stop being a Raiders fan if that happened. Yeah. Uh, no disrespect to San Antonio. Just It's just a matter of what cities I'm willing to root for. I'm not going to root for way to hell out there in Tejas. No. Although, although much love for my Texas people. Yeah. But, uh, You're going to be rooting yeah. for the Vegas Raiders pretty soon. I got the... the I, I Actually, my basis previous to the current basis was from San Antonio, so I like ribbing him all the time about his hometown. So, <laughs> anyway. Neither here nor there. But that oh. was it for uh, Monday Night Raw, Nick. Overall, yes. a good show. Made me excited for next week. I'm excited about the stuff they're setting up for Backlash. Uh, so, yeah, props are props are due. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys very much, but it is now time to head over and do what we like to call our moment of positivity. <laughs> Mop, That's right. It's the mop, the moment of positivity brought to you by Sean Clark, one of our lovely listeners who suggested this idea that we end our shows with whatever made us feel good this week, what made us, what brought positivity into our life, or what something we want to look at in a positive way from this week. Just a little bit of light at the end of our show. So, Nick, what? over the last few days, made you the most positive, made you feel that warm, fuzzy feeling inside you? What's something that was just awesome over the last couple of days in wrestling? Well, originally I was looking at Raw sort of exclusively, but now that you've said over the last couple of days, I'm going... I mean, since our last mop. Our last mop was on Saturday. So you've got Raw and you've got AEW Double or Nothing. So can I... Whoa, God, I... Okay. <laughs> so a couple of extra credits today if you guys will humor me one uh the one that i jump on immediately is the absolute outreach and outpouring and support uh and uh talking down about bullying and the support mm. for hana kimura and everything that has happened uh we've seen the tragedy with shad gaspard uh over the last week 
and just the response to this from executives down to individuals throwing hundreds of thousands of dollars at his family to continue to support them after that tragic loss. I mean, just the out, the outpouring that I've seen of social media being anti-bullying, being supportive of one. Like I I don't recognize wrestling Twitter right now. And it's amazing. Well, just a quick note on that, because you know, if you've been keeping up on wrestling Twitter, um, a guy from another podcast. Don't uh, ruin my moment of positivity. This is not I'm, positive. I'm not actually. This is going. <laughs> this is going to come back around. Give me okay. a damn second. JD from New York um, said something very nasty about Alexa Bliss on his podcast. She actually responded to him and said, "You know, normally I don't react to this sort of thing, but how dare you say that?" And as a result, it seems like a lot of her followers have then gone after him and possibly even doxed him and his parents and started doing all kinds of horrible things to them. Um, you know, to Alexa's credit, she did say in her tweet, Hey everybody be nice. Like just the bottom line, be nice. Kind of like what we say on this show, our, our big line here is don't be a dick and be excellent to each other. Um, but you know, the, the thing to take away from that is like the kind of verbiage that he was using about Alexa is completely inappropriate. And he did apologize for it, um, for better, for worse, but to then turn that around into something negative towards him is absolutely not the correct reaction either. The whole idea is to elevate all of this and and to have everything be moving in a positive direction, not fighting negativity with negativity. So in a situation where you see something like that, it's better to tweet support for somebody as opposed opposed to try to tear somebody else down. Um, You know, in, in in this case, uh, it's something where I hope that JD from New York could actually learn a lesson from this. And, you know, if we all respond to it in a way where we say, dude, that's not how to A, do a wrestling podcast, B, talk about wrestlers, or C, act as a human being, um, perhaps try this, this, and this instead. That is a positive way to come at it. Doxing his family is absolutely not a positive way to come at it. So, yeah, I think that's just called, like, kind of all I wanted to say about that in terms of what you were talking about wrestling Twitter and people and be, it being unrecognizable was I would like to see them than they have been by and large there has been so much more positivity that's an instance where I'm saying it could be turned to be positive because we are in a moment now where it seems like it's going in a better direction because of some of these horrible things unfortunately because of these horrible things yeah so I didn't want to take away from your moment Nick uh, please continue about wrestling Twitter being uh that's all I had to say about wrestling Twitter. It was just, I, it I, it's going know, in the right direction. It's going in the right direction. I, I love the outpouring of support, the GoFundMes mm-hmm. and, this, uh, and the other various support channels. Uh, I've seen donations to anti-bullying organi- nonprofit organizations and mental health support centers, yep. all kinds of stuff. Uh, we're getting outreach in the group. Thank you very much to everybody that is being willing and open to talk about things in our group. You have no idea what a warm, fuzzy feeling that is for me to see you guys interacting in that way and feeling safe in our group to be able to have those conversations. I, I, I can't say more how proud I am of everybody for handling that uh, properly and for everyone feeling like they can they are safe to have those talks uh, inside. Uh, as far as Monday Night Raw goes, um, before I get to that, Chris1978 with a $20 super chat for Shad oh, and Kamara. Thank you very much, man. Um, there Thank is you, something I do want to talk to Ian about to see if we can offer some support, be it monetary or some other way, 
Um, and if, if we do decide for to sure. go that route, uh, we will definitely keep you guys updated uh, for sure. Uh, as far as Monday Night Raw goes, man, you're, you you might dislike it, but I, I'm going to do – I got two. I said I, I had sure. a couple of, uh, of extra credits. One, hey, man, the more the more positivity, the better. <laughs> we, we got, we got, we got people in an audience. Let's forget about the execution and what we thought of it. We've got people in the audience, again, making noise. Mm-hmm. Baby steps. Step one, <laughs> we got people there. Got something we there. got three shows a week as opposed to AEW's one to to knock the, to try and figure this thing out. So I will give them the benefit of the doubt. They do tend to figure things out pretty quickly when it comes to that. So I, let's give them till the end of the week and be patient and see what they come up with. I'll, I'll give them a couple of weeks. Like I said, they filmed everything over the course of three days. So yeah. they're still in the process of filming. So I have a feeling we'll get one look at it for the next couple of weeks, and then they might change stuff up. So it's going to be a process. I don't think it's going to be happening quickly. It's going to be a process. Uh, the last one I'll say here, and you might uh, seeing the iconics on TV again, being the <laughs> loudmouth, squealy heels, and then turning on the champs and absolutely whipping their ass. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, this is a different iconics than what we've seen before. Even though they come across as the same, now we're getting aggressive. Iconics, not chicken shit heel iconics, and yes. I'm I'm all for this. Like th- mm-hmm. finally, we're doing some storytelling in the women's tag division. Let's see where this goes. Let's see where we can build this to. So that's that's my big one from Raw. Is there was a lot of good stuff, but that's the one that just stands out to me. Is oh my god, finally yes, I'm happy. You know, I'm gonna have a hard time picking just one because I've got to look at Double or Nothing and Raw, and there was so much good about. Both. So yep. much that I came away going, this is great. This is great. I'm happy with this. It's hard to narrow it down to one thing. And I don't know if I can pick anything but the stadium stampede match because it really just was 45 minutes of wrestling nerddom and just me laughing my head off with my jaw open, unable to believe what the hell I was seeing. It was 45 minutes of constant freaking entertainment. Just relentless gags, each one that had a payoff. Uh, I Yeah, I can't, like, it seems like the obvious one. It is the obvious one, I'm, but I'm going to have to go with it. And I've got so many runners-ups, whether it's just everything going on with Seth and Alistair and Carrillo and his disciples and all of that. I just absolutely adore everything that they're doing there. Um, you know, the, the MVP and Lashley pairing is just, I think, absolute. It's just that Oreo cookie where it just all goes together perfectly. Um, and you've got, uh, like, the Drew McIntyre and Lashley charisma is fantastic. Um, I'm really happy for Apollo Crews winning the championship. Like, that moment was really great. And there was so you know, again, there's so much more stuff at Double or Nothing. There's so many other things I could say. But I, I can't in a week... Where the stadium stampede match happened, not say that was the greatest thing that I saw over the last couple of days. Right, it was so. fantastic. Absolutely, yeah, so superb. <laughs> we'll be talking <sighs> about that for years. Oh yeah, I, 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 it's one of my things. Like I still haven't gotten back to go back and watch it again, and I'm I'm dying to. I'm aching to. Now that we've gotten past Raw, we've got a couple of days here of, of business stuff, and I'm looking forward to uh, to doing that. So, there you go, guys. Moment of positivity, Monday Night Raw. But we're not done just yet. We've got just enough time to remind you about BWO Daily, our all-new daily Monday through Friday news segment that we'll be doing exclusively on YouTube in place of our normal 
other news lightning round segment that we normally do on the show. So this is ter- serving two masters. Uh, I wanted to explain it to you guys. We are taking this segment out in lieu of doing it daily on YouTube so that we can keep you guys more up to date faster so we get the content out to you sooner. Uh, and it gives us more time to talk about other more wrestling-related things hmm. uh, that, that are going on with the shows throughout the week. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy it or are liking the BW Dailies. Make sure you subscribe to the channels because they are going up every afternoon. Uh, we are getting faster about it as we go. We've only done two, and we've, we've, We're getting we've there. greatly gotten faster, and they're only going to get more and more fun as we really amp those up. So BWO Daily, there you go. There's your other news lightning round for today. <laughs> But thank you guys for joining us on this edition of Busted Wide Open. Make sure you come over and join us on Facebook. Uh, just search for Busted Wide Open. You can find the discussion group in there. Send us a join request, like our page, all that good stuff to get in with the rest of the group for some fun memes, goods, talks, all kinds of good stuff happening over in the discussion group. Also, you want to get into our Discord server for live chats for every show all throughout the week. Make sure you get into Discord. Make sure you find your way into all of the different wrestling channels. We have one for each show, plus dedicated chat channels for all pay-per-view activities. Uh, We can also follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Subscribe right here at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open in case you are still blissfully unaware that we have a YouTube channel and that we do these live We do it every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, where you can chat live during the show and we'll interact with you guys. I'm sure if you're listening to the audio only, you hear us referring to chat and super chats and all of those things all the time and wondering what those are. Come see for yourself. It's a lot of fun. YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Last but certainly not least, thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are the grease that keeps the squeaky wheel going. Thank you guys for all of your support. We love you for it. If you'd like to get in on some of those exclusives, head over to Patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those reward tiers to get access to the show notes, bonus episodes, Skype calls, all kinds of good stuff happening over there at Patreon.com slash BWO. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Would somebody stop the damn thing? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com.